Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we finalize our 2020 Buccaneers remanaging with our updated depth charts, and you select the winner. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison and Bailey Adams. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, at BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Bailey, buddy, I love you to death, but adding you into the intro there's there's a lot that I feel like I'm about to forget. Well, I just want to ask, who asked who to come on this podcast? Again, I He's said I love there. you to death. But. And, and I'm happy you're here. Okay. But the rhythm of the intro, which, shout out Ren Daxed, uh, he says that he can do along with the same cadence because I've been doing it for so long. Oh, I can yeah. too. I can it, do that. Yeah, it, it throws a wrench in things. I'm, I'm not used <laughs> to this. There. Although, to be fair, who asked who to ask who onto whose podcast? Yeah, as I was saying that, I confused myself. So, Basically, David asked me to ask you to come on. That's true. That's, that's how that happened. Speaking of which, uh, somebody else here has a podcast that yeah. we haven't plugged all week. So that's, that's nice. Yeah, Bailey, what, what's going on over there, buddy? Um, yeah, I joined, uh, everybody knows Evan Winter from BucksNation.com. Uh, I've joined Evan over at the North and South podcast, which you can find on wherever you get your podcasts and also on BucksNation.com. So I'm really excited about that. We're moving through the 2020 schedule right now, talking to some other writers from other, or rather writers and other podcast hosts from other teams, getting their thoughts on the uh, matchups that the Bucks have. So if you guys want to give that a listen after this, that would be cool. Yeah, please do. Uh, again, that's the North and South podcast. You can find it on all your podcatchers of choice. And of course, when the episode is published, it will also go up on BucksNation.com. So, all right, David, this was your brainchild that you uh, you know had us sift through and work through. So give everyone kind of the rundown as to what we're doing today and how they can uh, tell the two of you that I'm victorious with my glorious, glorious selections. Yeah, so this is the first episode you've listened to this week. I highly recommend you go back to the previous two episodes that dropped Monday and Wednesday to catch back up. But to recap the moves, uh, we started off by re-signing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers player from the 2019 roster that did not make it to the 2020 roster. I re-signed Carl Nassib. Bailey re-signed DeMar Dotson and James. You brought back Jameis Winston. We then moved into signing players that were from other teams and signed with a team other than the Buccaneers, James. You nabbed Emmanuel Sanders from the Saints. Bailey grabbed Deion Lewis. I brought in Carl Joseph. Then moving into round three, we traded for a player from another team, and we were allowed to bring in one blue-chip player from another roster, and this is where all of us went for those blue-chip guys. I brought in Quentin Nelson from the Indianapolis Colts. Bailey nabbed Jamal Adams from the New York Jets. And, James, you went after Tyron Matthew from the Kansas City Chiefs to reunite him with B.A. in Tampa. And then we went to the redraft, and that's where things got a little bit more interesting, I think. Uh, having to pick a draft pick to replace one of the 2020 NFL draft picks that the Buccaneers picked. And it, it was interesting because, I mean, I'll, by and large, I think people are pretty happy with this year's draft class. So to have to go through and undo some of those good moves 
and try to find a move that's equally as good or even better compared to the moves we had before was it was a fun exercise james you grabbed jk dobbins from the ohio state university zach moss went to bailey and then i took nate stanley and what is somewhat of a safe move to be a developmental quarterback behind tom brady and that brought us all the way to here james where we are now going to compare our three depth charts after remanaging the 2020 and 2020 offseason for the Tampa bay buccaneers but first we do have a message from one of our sponsors james you just bought a new car I wonder if you have any ideas of where you might go if you need pieces or parts for that car. Uh, I did just get a new car, and there actually are some pieces, parts that I'm already looking for. More of the cosmetic side, you know, in, in Ohio, it snows a lot, so I like to get those all-weather floor mats so I don't mess up the carpet. And it's got beige interior, so I am afraid kids are going to spill stuff on it. I want some some car seat covers, uh, you know, to, to hide any possible stains that my children will cause. And I'm going to go to our friends over at rockauto.com. Look, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head over to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same price for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Closing out the week here on the Locked On Bucks podcast and closing out our 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers offseason remanaging exercise uh, and guys we're now going to break down our individual depth charts based off of the moves that we did or did not make and something I thought would be interesting here is as we go through these let's present our depth charts to each other and you can go as deep or as shallow as you really want to at each position group but then I want to do a little bit of self-scouting I want to self-identify an area or two where we think that we kind of left some holes and I don't think there's a, a single roster in the National Football League that doesn't have its weak spot or weak spots or its holes so I'm kind of interested to see what each of us thinks of our own roster uh, before we open up the floor to the other hosts uh, to give their thoughts. So I'll get things kicked off. I'm going to start in the trenches here with my offensive line. So Donovan Smith, Ryan Jensen, and Tristan Wirfs coming in uh, after this exercise in their organic spots, left tackle, center, and right tackle where we expect Tristan to play. But then the, the trade that I made is really going to impact here where Quentin Nelson fills in or comes in as a left guard. Ali Marpet moves back to the right guard position to solidify that line. Uh, in depth, I've got guys like Alex Kappa, Joe Hague, and Zach Bailey, I think, present a, a pretty good uh, balance of depth there for the offensive line. But then moving to the wide receiver group, that's where I didn't make any moves. Not because I wasn't interested in it or thought about it, just because of the way that things went down and the way things transpired. So obviously, Godwin and Evans there at the top. Tyler Johnson, the rookie, coming in there. And Scotty Miller on our lads is actually listed behind Justin Watson. But me personally, I think Scotty Miller comes in 
ends up being that, that number three slot guy while Tyler Johnson's that number three big guy. So I think your top four are Godwin Evans, Tyler Johnson, and Scotty Miller. Moving to the running back room, uh, I didn't make any changes to the running back room. Again, not necessarily because I didn't think about doing it, just because of the way things developed. So Rojo, Keyshawn, Dare, uh, Raymond Calais, and TJ Logan, still your main guys there. I think one of those guys is out at the end of the day. I think it's TJ Logan. So we'll see how what goes on there. And then with quarterback room, I brought in Nate Stanley to potentially become a quarterback of the future. Ryan Griffin, not Blake Griffin, but Ryan Griffin still <laughs> secure in his position right now. Blaine Gabbert, not Blake Griffin, still secure in his position as well. Tom Brady obviously isn't going anywhere. And then, yeah, Reed Sinet's going to battle out with Nate Stanley for what's most likely going to be a practice squad position that first year, but then moving into next year or the next year after that even, maybe one of those guys moves up uh, to potentially become the heir apparent to Tom Brady in Tampa. Me personally, guys, I think we don't have a proven running back yet, right? Rojo did some good things, but I would call him far from proven yet. But I think really we're the biggest hole in my roster on the offense right now is in the wide receiver position. We saw Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Scotty Miller, for that matter, go down to hamstring injuries last year. Uh, if one of these guys goes down, if Chris Godwin goes down and Mike Evans goes down, you're stuck now with Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, or Tyler Johnson becoming a starting wide receiver, a number one or number two guy on your team. And as much as I love the potential of, of guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, I'm not ready to throw either one of them to the one or the two. So losing a guy like Rashad Perryman hurts. I did not bring him back because I had my sights set on other positions. But to me, not having established running back really does kind of hurt, but that risk we're taking, I mean, every single week is going to be an exercise in crossing your fingers and hoping that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans come out of it healthy. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, I, I think the running back group, as you said, does have a question mark, not show, or not sure how Ronald Jones is going to continue to develop. Not really sure what they have yet in Keyshawn Vaughn. But, yeah, if we have a situation like we saw in 2019 where Evans and Godwin go down, you don't really have that anchor piece in the wide receiver group to lean on unless Tyler Johnson's development is very, very rapid. So I would, I would concur. I would say that's, that's definitely your weakest position. And on the flip side, I would say that your offensive line is far and away stronger than Bailey and mine. All right, and Bailey, what are your, what are your thoughts about my offense as it breaks down right now? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think your offensive line is definitely your strong point, which doesn't really sound like something that's familiar for Bucks fans for <laughs> quite some time at this point. Um, yeah, I, I like what you did there with the offensive line, bringing in a guy like Quentin Nelson. That's like a dream scenario. It's like a Madden thing uh, that we're doing here. Um, and I think, yeah, I would agree too, at a wide receiver, there is that kind of lingering question if, if Godwin goes down, if Evans goes down like we saw last year, not having someone to fill in uh, that's proven – would be kind of tricky, would be kind of scary to see because you're kind of going on the fly with, all right, these young guys have to step up, and if they don't, well, there goes our season. So I think uh, I think I definitely agree with both of you. I don't really have any any qualms with anything you guys said. And as far as the running back position, I really like Ronald Jones, um, and I, I believe in this running back group, I think a little bit more than most, and I don't know if that's just blind faith or what that is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, as it stands with yours, um, I don't really have too big of a problem with it. I like the rest of your moves that you made. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that basically what we can gather from this is I can build a better offense on paper than Jason Light can. So, I mean, I think the conversation is pretty much settled. Uh, but that being said, let's move on. Bailey, how about let's look at your offense and see where you think you can get better uh, with your own roster, and, and then James and I will take our jabs at you, as it were. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll go ahead and start in the trenches as well. Everything's the same as far as the center position, Ryan Jensen. 
left guard, Ali Marpet, left tackle, Donovan Smith. Um, and then things are the same as far as the right side, as far as starters, is Alex Kappa at right guard, Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. Where I made a little bit of a change is shipping out Josh Wells and bringing back DeMar Dotson. He's going to back up Tristan Wirfs, kind of teach him uh, the ropes, having been around for as long as he's been around. Be a good guy for Wirfs to learn from. Um, and then what we're doing here is moving Joe Haig from the backup right tackle spot to the backup left tackle spot. Um, Haig's got some positional versatility, so he can really play any position as far as um, as a depth as a depth guy. If we move into my receivers, everything's the same. Just Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson, Justin Watson, Scott Scotty Miller. Um, the same as, as same as we had going in. And then where my biggest changes were is in the running back group. Um, Ronald Jones is still leading the way, but gone is Keyshawn Vaughn and in is Zach Moss. Gone is Daria Gumbawale and in is Dion Lewis, who would be somewhat of the third running back, the receiving option, that kind of veteran um, presence in the group. And behind them, of course, Raymond Clayus and TJ Logan. One of them would be gone. I'm, I'm assuming it would be TJ Logan, like you said. Um, doesn't really offer. He kind of offers what Raymond Clayus offers and not the same amount of speed. And, of course, in the quarterback room, still Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Griffin, and Reed Sinnett. Uh, nothing changed there. Looking at my offense, if I'm looking at the depth chart, I think you know shoring up the depth at the tackle positions was nice, but I'm lacking a lot of depth at the guard positions. Um, like I said, Joe Haig can slide over to guard and, and be a backup there if necessary. But other than that, you know, we got a guy like Zach Bailey who you know could be a potential um, you know backup guard that that would be fine stepping in, but we don't really know. Uh, too much about what he's able to do and then like you I didn't make any changes at receiver so I kind of have those same issues as far as you know if if the top guys go down we're trusting a lot of youth to step in but yeah I'd say if, if for the most part the the weakness for me to, to I mean in my opinion for my own offense is in the interior of the offensive line uh the depth the depth there yeah, and I think that, uh, Bailey, you and I might have fallen victim. I mean, when you have two all-pro receivers at the top of your depth chart, like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, it's I think it's really easy to kind of look at that and put a green check mark in there and say, okay, next item, I don't even need to worry about that. But then, yeah, now once you look at it with a critical eye, you can kind of say, ooh, man, we're one twisted ankle or, or one slip in the bathtub away from from having a sticky situation there. Uh, James, you know, comparing Bailey's and mine, I made some kind of – some really kind of broad sweeping changes with the offensive line. I mean, if you consider my offensive line – to the 2019 offensive line, you got three new players in new positions with Ali Marpet moving to right guard. So calling him a new player in that right guard position, even though he's been there before. And we've talked about before the, the synchronicity and the unity in that front five and how important that is. So I'm kind of playing a little bit with the chemistry there and hoping it's all going to work out. Whereas Bailey kind of fine-tuned that offensive line, which did pretty well, I think, in 2019, has potential to do well or even better this year, really shoring up that depth and then made – more sweeping changes in the running back room. Do you prefer that broad sweeping change on the offensive line or in the running back room the way that Bailey did? Ooh, ooh, that's tough. Um, I guess when you take it all into consideration, I would rather have the broad sweeping changes in the running back room. But when you break it down and look at the sweeping changes that you made in the trenches, the the talent level and the value of having Quentin Nelson and Ali Marpet as your interior offensive lineman on either side of Jensen is going to be a bigger upgrade 
for the offense than the additions of Zach Moss and Deion Lewis, in my opinion. That's not to say that I, I think Bailey's running back room isn't, you know, going to be able to make a big impact. I just think when you look at talent versus talent, Quentin Nelson has the potential to make the larger impact than Moss and Deion Lewis do. Yeah, yeah I'll I, say Bailey, I would rather have your running back room than my running back room. But I would counter and say I'd rather have your offensive line than mine, honestly. And going back, <laughs> going back to what you said about the receivers, I, w- I will say I did fall a little bit of victim to that. You know, we see Mike Evans, we see Chris Godwin, we're like, all right, that those are the two guys. We don't need to really go beyond that. Right. And I had two two moves that I thought about making, but I ended up just pri- prioritizing other positions over the wide receiver group. And I thought about bringing back Rashad Perriman, and I thought about trading for AJ Green, but. I went ahead and did other things, obviously. We'll get to the, the the trade when we go to the defense. But, yeah, like you said, it's a little bit easy to kind of go say, okay, we got Mike Evans, we got Chris Godwin at the wide receiver positions. You know, we're fine there. Um, but the depth really is more of a question mark than I really thought of, I guess, going into this. Yeah, and then, of course, none of us making any changes in the tight end group, which I don't think is really a surprise to anybody. Uh, but somebody who did not get sucked into the trap of having Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the roster, James, of course, was you bringing in Emmanuel Sanders, but you weren't done there. So go ahead and tell everybody what your offensive depth chart looks like after your remanaging. Yeah, my my offensive line starting in the trenches is exactly the way it's going to be for the Buccaneers heading into 2020. From left to right, Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs. You got Joe Haig, uh, Brad Seaton, Zach Bailey as your depth guys, Aaron Stinney. And, you know, I, I went ahead and I kind of bought into the – the Bruce Arians believes in the development and the depth that they already have. The only change I would have made was David, the one that you made. So I knew I wasn't going to have an opportunity to do that. And I was fine with it. Uh, But yeah, the wide receivers, I remember last year, I remember Mike Evans and Chris Godwin going down and Brashad Perryman having to be that number one guy and, and stepping up in a big role. But when I didn't bring him back, it still had to be addressed in my opinion. So I went, with Emmanuel Sanders, giving my depth chart to be, you know, Evans, Godwin, Sanders. Then you still have Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, uh, and, and Justin Watson. Uh, I, I'm with you, David. I believe Scotty Miller should be ahead of Watson on the depth chart. Bailey does not because he doesn't like Scotty Miller. That's not, not <laughs> true. That's not true. We're not carrying that into 2020. 2020 has already been a big, of a, big enough of a struggle. We're not carrying that bad juju into 2020. I All do right. like Scotty Fair Miller. Fair Leave enough. it alone. <laughs> I'll I'll stop I'll stop teasing you about it now. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no no changes in the uh, in the tight end room. Uh, not something that I think any of us uh, felt was necessary or even thought about for a half second. I did have some big changes in the running back room. I do have Ronald Jones, but now I have J.K. Dobbins in that number two spot. Keyshawn Vaughn uh, slides to number three. Dare Agumbawale, TJ Logan, Raymond Clay, they're all they're all down there. But the two-headed monster of Rojo and J.K. Dobbins are, um, you know, those are my guys there. And the running back room and the big change in the quarterback room. Tom Brady still at the top. Blaine Gabbert, out of here. Uh, Jameis Winston returns to develop under Tom Brady, continue to learn this offense with Bruce and and Byron Leftwich. And I think if Bruce Arians had gotten a hold 
of Jameis Winston earlier in Arian's career and had more time to develop him, you know, we may not have seen this departure. And I, I think it's strictly because Arians is trying to win a Super Bowl right this very minute, doesn't have the time you know, left in, in his coaching career to develop Winston the way he probably could have if he had gotten him as a rookie. So gives him some time to continue to develop him. Hopefully Jameis can stay as the quarterback of the future after Tom Brady departs, still have Ryan Griffin and Reed Sinet there. So my, my big changes really all coming on the offensive side of the ball outside of, uh, of the trade that we'll get to shortly. My, my biggest weakness I think is still going to be that offensive line depth. It's, you know, if, if Tristan Wirfs goes down, if Donovan Smith goes down, you know, if any of these guys go down, everyone behind them is pretty much unproven. Joe Haig can be a starter in this league. I have the most faith in him out of anybody, but the rest of them, it's really an unknown, and I'm, I'm trusting the, the eyes and the words of Bruce Arians when he says he likes their depth and likes their development. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And if you look at it, all of the skill positions you upgraded – um, by adding Emmanuel Sanders, you've got the depth in the wide receiver room. By adding um, J.K. Dobbins, you've got that two-headed monster. I think is a little bit more formidable with Ronald Jones and J.K. Dobbins than it is with Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. And then, yeah, I mean, bringing James Winston back is obviously something that didn't seem like it was in the realm of possibility, but when you kind of think about it and you know push away all the awkwardness that you feel like would come with it, I would I would have loved to see that happen. Um, you know, I know I might have had to delete my Twitter because Twitter would have been <laughs> a mess. But, yeah, no, I liked what you did at the skill positions. But like you said, the, the depth along the offensive line is, um, I think, the glaring weakness when you look at your roster as it stands. Yeah, I mean, I think Jameis Winston was the most interesting one, and, and I'm all for it. I mean, we again, we talked about that on this show, and I was all for it then, just didn't see it happening. If we live in a world with no outside drama and no internal awkwardness, I think it's a great move to make. But unfortunately, those those realities don't exist in the real world. Um, but but to see that happen in this forum is good. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that I secretly wished that his market would be very stale as he entered free agency, so that the Buccaneers could get him later at a deal. Obviously, it wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but you know, in, in, inside, I secretly wished it would happen, which sucks because you know that's wishing ill on his bank account. Uh, happy for him to land in New Orleans, but also a good move by you to bring him in. And then, you know, I love the J.K. Dobbins pick. Uh, but, James, so, that's, or so guys, that's going to wrap up our offensive depth charts. We're going to move into the defensive side of things. Uh, but first, James, we have another message from another sponsor. Yep, and it's our good friends over at Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, comes in all kinds of amazing flavors. Some have nuts, some are nut-free. And if you have allergy concerns, those nut-free bars are made in a completely separate area as the ones with nuts. So there's no allergy concerns, cross-contamination concerns whatsoever. They are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. My favorite on my way to work breakfast at this point is the peanut butter brownie bar. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. You can do a sampler box. You can create your own box, picking three different flavors, however you want to do it. Just make sure you're using promo code LOCKEDON 
for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, back here on the Locked on Bucks podcast, closing out our 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers offseason, remanaging exercise, uh, going over the defensive side of the ball. And Bailey, let's kick this one off with you. Go ahead and tell the folks how your defense looks after these four rounds of transactions. So on the defensive side of the ball, everything looks the same up front. Um, and Dominican Sue, Vita Vea, William Golston. And then, of course, in the, the depth roles, you've got Patrick O'Connor, Raheem Nunez-Roches, and then newcomer Khalil Davis. Um, when you look at the, uh, the linebackers, you've got the same – everything's the same there. And then my big moves came in the secondary. Um, we're looking at the safety room in particular. I went ahead and traded for Jamal Adams which slots him in at the strong safety position, bumping Antoine Winfield Jr. out of uh, where he is slotted in right now as a strong safety into the free safety position, which bumps everyone else down a little bit. Jordan Whitehead is now the backup free safety. Justin Evans is still there as well. Yeah, I mean, nothing, not, too, not too many huge changes on the defense other than in the safety room with Jamal Adams and kind of just switching the positional role that Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to play. Um, yeah. And then again, we're kind of just bumping everyone down a slot to kind of build up the depth. I think there's some nice depth when you've got high end talent, like Jamal Adams and Antoine Winfield Jr. in the starting positions. And you've got Mike Edwards, Jordan Whitehead, Justin Evans, Dakota Dixon, all those guys in the depth roles. Um, if I'm looking at weaknesses on my defense, I think the, 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 I never ended up making a, a change to upgrade the depth at outside linebacker off the edge. Uh, I would have liked to bring back Carl Nassib, but of course, you know, we'll get on to, to David's roster. Um, he did that, and I wasn't able to make any other moves to kind of add some some help for Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, I think that would be kind of the weakness if we're looking at the current Bucks roster right now, um, really. It would be, you know, if one of those guys goes down, you're looking at Anthony Nelson, who is, I think he showed some good things last year, but he's a young guy who's unproven. And beyond him, you know, you don't really know what you have. Um, so if I'm looking at my defense, I think my my weaknesses kind of mirror what the Bucks have uh, right now in, in, the, in the real world. Yeah, I mean, Bailey, you made you made some good moves, but the majority of your moves came on offense, uh, which is interesting because, I mean, there's, there's big names and good names on both sides of the ball for the Buccaneers roster, and that's something that we talked about before we sat down and even recorded the first episode, is that making some of these moves was kind of hard because – you have so many players on these on this roster on both sides of the ball that you don't really want to replace. So, you know, when you're bringing in a guy, you don't want to unseat Jason Pierre-Paul necessarily in your depth chart because you like having him on there. So you got to look at guys that are going to maybe add some solid depth. Uh, but if you're going to make one move on the defense, bringing in a guy like Jamal Adams, I think is the move to make and shores up what I look at as the, the real Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is their, probably their weakest area is not so much the potential in the secondary, but the experience and the, and the leadership, uh, the proven leadership that is in the secondary. And Jamal Adams brings plenty of that. James, uh, what do you think about Bailey's defense? And then go ahead and get into uh, your own defense with, with the people. Yeah, I, I agree with Bailey. I, I think the, the issues with, with his is certainly depth. Uh, other than that, I, it's, it's a phenomenal defense and, and I will continue to praise it as such because I basically did the same thing that he did and I'm not going to insult my own defense. So <laughs> uh, along the defensive line, everything stays the same. Sue, Vea, Golston. You got uh, Khalil Davis, uh, Patrick O'Connor, Nacho. You know, those are your, your depth guys. Linebacker, JPP, Shaq Barrett, inside Levante and Devin White. 
the depth an issue for sure. You got Kazine Daniels, Jack Sitchie with the injury problems, uh, Kevin Minter, Chappelle Russell, Anthony Nelson. You know, these are you know, these are guys that are either unproven or, you know, have injury history. So that's that's kind of a question mark that I feel, you know, I agree with Bailey is is kind of my weak point. You get into the secondary though, that's where I made my big change. I traded for Tyron Matthew. And of course on offense, I added JK Dobbins which means I lost Antoine Winfield Jr. That puts my starting safeties as Tyron Matthew and Mike Edwards. We kind of hope Justin Evans can get back to, to being able to play. Jordan Whitehead showed some pretty phenomenal phenomenal flashes last year. I um, hope to see him continue to improve. Still have uh, Andrew Adams there because I got rid of Dakota Dixon you know, since Bailey got rid of Andrew Adams. So I love the way my my safety room is shaped up now with the leadership, the mentality, the championship caliber of Tyron Matthew coming in, helping these young guys along like Jordan Whitehead, like Justin Evans, like Mike Edwards, and in addition, helping the secondary, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, uh, MJ Stewart needs all the help that he can get. Uh, you know, I, I really like the way this shaped out, and, and I have, yeah, as I said, I have the same problem Bailey did, and that's its depth at the both outside and inside linebacker positions, which is something that is concerning for the Bucks heading into 2020. Yeah, and I, I can't really have any faults or any issues with yours considering we did similar things and you couldn't have issues with mine. So, yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree with anything you did. So we're, Thanks, we're, in, we're in a nice off between James and Bailey's defenses there. Nice guy standoff. Um, but listen, I mean, my moves are, are very, very similar, and I think the benefit I had of going after safety first – is you know I had the, I had to the sacrifice the availability of Jamal Adams Tyron Matthew I, I went after safety in my free agent signing and neither of those guys were free agents so I couldn't hit that up. Uh, however, trade you guys trade for Jamal Adams Tyron Matthew got better talent on the top end, but I was able to kind of sacrifice a guy in Justin Evans who really I mean he hasn't been part of the team for a while now and, and we don't think he's got any real future. But I think it kind of speaks to the quality of the defense guys. My two moves on defense are both depth pieces. Carl Nassib coming back is a depth piece. Carl Joseph, I mean, I like him, and I think that you know it would be a camp battle between him and Jordan Whitehead. Uh, but I think uh, I like what Jordan Whitehead did in 2019 before he left with his own injury. And I think if he builds on that and then has that year of familiarity with Todd Bowles so he can come in, he definitely has a head start over a guy like Joseph. But either way, that four-man group, five-man group really, if you want to call it out, between Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield Jr., Carl Joseph, Andrew Adams, Jordan Whitehead, I think they've got a really solid group there to be able to use in as many configurations as Todd Bowles can come up with and be as creative as he wants to be while leaving that creativity on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Only real loss that I had was Chappelle Russell, which, again, I mean, I, I look at the addition of Michael Divinity Jr. as an undrafted free agent out of LSU. I kind of look at him and, and Chappelle Russell as a push. Uh, I don't really see a whole lot of value lost there because of the addition of that undrafted free agent. But then bringing in Carl Nassib, like I talked about in that episode, in the locker room, on the practice field, in the meeting room, is just invaluable. Uh, where I think I have the weakness is, is the same thing uh, that the real Buccaneers have a weakness in. I think it's kind of the theme of this whole thing is youth in the secondary, where you guys brought in Jamal Adams and Tyra Matthew, who Jamal is still young himself, but very proven, very accomplished in his, in his youth. I brought in a guy who is still young and still, honestly, a, a little bit unproven in Carl Joseph. So I still think that youth and that unproven potential in the secondary is still my glaring weakness. I I would say that your biggest weakness would be the the depth at 
inside linebacker. Obviously, bringing in Carl Nassib, that helps your your depth at the outside linebacker position. But I would say the bigger concern for you is is inside linebacker rather than you know the the youth and inexperience uh, that that you were referring to. Other than that, you know, I think you have uh, you have a really solid setup. Yeah, no, I really like the defense that, that David has put together. Um, obviously, bringing back Carl Nassib, I think in a dream offseason, I mean, it's been a pretty big offseason as it is, and it's been it's been great uh, for the Bucks. but I think just it would have been a little bit extra special to add and bring back uh, Carl Nassib had the financials of it all worked out. Um, I knew there wasn't really much of a, of a chance of that happening, but Carl Nassib's a guy who you'd kind of love to just have um, as a depth guy, as a rotational guy, because he really did show up uh, in a big way since he joined uh, Tampa a couple years ago. So losing him kind of hurts, but you know, in, in this scenario, bringing him back, I love that move. That was one of my my top targeted moves uh, when we started this whole thing. All right, guys. So there are our final teams, our rosters for myself, James Jarko, Bailey Adams, and our 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers remanaging of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offseason. And now we need your guys' help. We need you to go either to buckstation.com where I'm going to write this up for the website. It'll go up this morning as you are listening to this episode on Friday. And on Twitter, I'm also going to put a poll up on Twitter with a link to the show uh, like I usually do. And vote on either one of them. Vote on both of them. Let us know. If you need a refresher, you can go ahead and go to Bucks Nation. I'll have all the changes and all the roster moves that James Bailey and I made. And then on Twitter, of course, you can listen to the episode as you are doing right now. Um, so go ahead and vote. And then, James, we'll come back on Monday. We'll let everybody know. Vote. You'll, get, you'll get about 48 hours to vote for your favorite roster, uh, and the winner will have bragging rights and make fun of James about Blake Griffin forever. It's going to be hard to make fun of the guy who's going to win. I'll find a way. Yeah, I have, no, I, have no issues. I have no issues with it. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Bailey, thanks for joining us in this, uh, this fun little exercise. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is more critical thinking than I've done in like the last year. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah, I've had a migraine for a while getting ready for this. So yeah, we'll uh, let's mark it down. First week of June next year, let's do it again. I'll start prepping now. <laughs> nice. All right, make sure you all are checking out Bailey on his new podcast, the North and South Podcast. You can find that on all your favorite podcast platforms as well as on BucksNation.com. Well, while you're there, check out everything else that we're doing on BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, at BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Make sure you hammer that subscribe button so that we are dropped into your podcast feed every single, well, three days a week for about the next month or so. Then we'll be back to dropping in your podcast feed every single day. Hope you all have an absolutely amazing weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and be good to one another. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.